Hello, hello, welcome to the Eddie Conversation podcast, episode number 22. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. Uh, this week on the podcast, we jump from topics like poetry, to acting, to Sundance, and, uh, and, and, and everywhere in between. So I'm looking forward to jumping into that. But before we do, I do want to remind you that this podcast is also available in video form on YouTube. If you want to watch along versus just listen, you can find it there by searching the Eddie Conversation podcast. And if you are a fan of the show, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leaving a review, commenting, whatever platform you're listening on. That would be that'd be awesome. Thank you very much. Without further ado, let's just jump into it. Episode 22 featuring Tyrus Winter. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks for thanks for joining me. Oh my god, of course. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yes. All right. So you are Tyrus Winter. Yes, I am. I unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, we can talk about that. We'll get into that. Um, I. This is. I mean, this is our first time meeting in person. I've I've kept up with you for a bit on social media and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think of you as like first and foremost as a poet. Mm-hmm. Is that how do you identify? Yeah, how do you identify? I, was, I know you do a lot. I know, <laughs> and I I recently was like, um, look, well, I recently was like asked this question by one of my friends, Una, and I all. I think I think of myself as more a vessel for like art and whatever avenue that is. Mm. The best way I can explain it is in like an artistic setting is to where I'm like a prism and like light is flowing in and whatever way I choose to project it that day, that's where we're going. Okay. That's also a poet way. (laughs) I was like, "Mm." so uh, of the many things I do, I, yeah, just love art. And whatever avenue I can. So that's like sewing, painting, poetry. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. Because I know I mentioned this before too. Like, especially on like Instagram, you show off your different wardrobe stylings and whatnot. I guess I just want to start with there because right now <laughs> I almost feel like a red carpet interviewer. It's like, all right, so all right, what are we wearing? Who are we wearing? Um, we are not wearing myself <laughs> today. Um, this is actually from a shop in like Los Feliz. I don't remember the name, but she's closed now. She was a nice little British lady. Mm. I loved her so much. But yeah, I was just like, anything green I vibe with. So okay. I'm on my body. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I was, I was, cause that's, I don't, I don't even know where to start with you, but <laughs> it's okay. Many people don't. All right. Because you are up, like I said, like I mentioned you're up to, okay. The, the topics I wanted to discuss with you was the fashion side. We're talking about the very littlest bit before we're rolling about how, how fun it is to to, I guess, why is the fashion side fun for you? Let's just start with that. Let's start with that. Okay, so what isn't fun about fashion? Um, honestly, I see fashion as more of like an expression for myself. Like, I think it's so fun for me now is because growing up I wasn't able to express myself in fashion and wardrobe and like mm-hmm. just putting on clothes that make me feel great. Like, 
growing up, I was very confined to just the norm of masculine setting. Like, you get one pair of baggy jeans and one pair of baggy clothes and shirt, and you just go. Mm -hmm. And it just never made me feel comfortable or in my body. So when I decided to just, like, become more independent with myself, I also decided that I wanted to decide where, what I wore and who I presented myself as. So I was like, the best way to do that is with fashion. So mm -hmm. I was like, it makes me feel so good to like make something or like find something or be giving something. Someone is like, this reminds me of you or can you wear this? Or I'm just like, yes, yeah, give it to me. So you, so you do, you make your own clothes on occasion? Cause I, I do. Because <laughs> I, I know I watched... You were a part of a music video recently in which that was kind of showcased a little bit. Yeah, which uh, one? <laughs> all right, I'll, I'm gonna, let me pull it up. So, I'm like, right. oh no, did you find the other one? No. no. <laughs> uh, the one that I'm thinking about um, was Be Good Boy. Yeah. Be Good Boy, uh, Floaty Copter. Yeah. So you were you were the main talent on that one which yes, is very cool but that one showcased i don't know if that space was yours that we saw it wasn't but there's a there's a frame with like all of your costumes in the background on like mannequin kind of things yeah. on display and you're there sewing um so i was going to ask you about that has that is that based on on reality or yeah i'm assuming i think the reason why they reached out to me is because like that's my life basically is that setting of like I'm sewing or I'm like feeling a type of way, but I think I was. Should I wait for the plane? No, I just go for okay. it. <laughs> just go for it. It's usually, usually fun. <laughs> I think I was like um, kind of playing a character and like getting in more emotional in that setting because I definitely wouldn't like start like sure. try, try to sew my finger. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm gonna take a break, <laughs> but yeah. But it definitely showcased a lot of things that, like, I made or, like, had a hand in styling. Of course, there was a stylist on set, but she was, like, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, like, <laughs> I was, like oh, but she was so great and so fantastic at even, like, finding things that she was, like, I feel like this represents you really well or I feel like you could rock this. And I was, like, yeah, give it to me. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the fun part, right, is the, the back and forth collaboration and having, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go off, poet. So, poet, poetry. Mm. What, or, I don't know. Okay. You, I want to talk about, we're currently, as far as the video form of this, we're in a library right now. We are. We're on location, which is cool. Thanks for thanks for having me over. Yeah, of course. Um, I was gonna ask about. Uh, so we're in LA. Have you? Did you grow up here, or did you move here recently? Like, what? What's the? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, lay some lay some groundwork for people that don't know who you are. Okay, so yeah. the timeline. Yeah. Of the Tyrus Winter. I grew up in like Lancaster, Palmdale area, so it's basically mm. desert. If you ever seen like Joshua Tree, it's like that type of vibe. Yeah, like nowhere, like like a store you can like walk to, but it's gonna take you like an hour. So like that type of vibe. So I very much so grew up very secluded from like the outside world, which 
I used to think was such a detriment because I was like, I'm not mm. able to see other kids to be around people of my same liking. But I can see the positives in it because although my mother was like, stay away from people, like people like the devil. I was like, mm. like I see the parts of I was able to refine myself and pick out traits that I like and pick out traits that I'm just like, you know, I need to work on. And I was able to not only just find what I'm really good at, but then use that to get myself out of that situation. Mm-hmm. So I was able to get out to Los Angeles, yeah. the city of the angels. Yeah. And that was, I would say, probably two years ago now. And I came out here, and I was, I've been super happy ever since. Okay. Able to dress how I be. Yeah, because, all right, so you talk about coming up in an isolated environment in a way like you said you're disconnected from i don't know from from the world and in it which okay right now you're spinning in a positive way right where that's a lot i feel like it's almost similar to like la lockdown quarantine yeah. stuff where it's just you have all the time to yourself and you're almost forced to face who you are and what like what am I and all those all those kinds of yeah. things, <laughs> which is which which are scary scary thoughts to have to, to to ponder. But how? All right. So you move. It's been about two years. I because I'm, I think I'm a I'm two and a half years into LA myself. Mm. So I'm, it's not too far off the timeline with with your yeah yeah snaps. <laughs> LA gang, 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 gang. <laughs> so, what was the plan? Did what was the what was the intention? Like, how did you you talk about making the jump over and harnessing harnessing who you are to make the jump? Like, what? How did that all come together? If if you don't mind. So I was. So the thing about growing up in a household the way I did, because my household was like very religious, very like. If you stray from us, like, you are the devil. So I was like, oh. But yeah. I, when I was 18, I was working at, like, a retail job. I was, like, a cashier. I hated it. And I was, like, hating that, hating my house, like, life. I just, I just didn't feel like I was living, like, the way I could be or the way I should be. And I was like, there has to be another way. And I was doing, like, poetry. Like, every so often I was going down to this place called Get Lit which is, like, a youth poetry organization. So I was, like, down there. I would, like, do... I had I had audition, and I made the um, GLPs, which apparently is, like, a hard thing to do, and I had not been doing poetry for that long. And I was, like, oh, <laughs> a little old me. So then I made it, and then I ended up making, like, a slam team to, like, compete. And I was, like, damn. So, so we're talking particularly about spoken word poetry yeah it's not just the act of writing the piece it's also performing the piece yeah it's my understanding all right so so you were writing for a while and also finding the outlet on performing via spoken word yeah okay continue just wanted just wanted to clarify i don't think spoken word is mentioned oh yeah just in case spoken word poetry is so fun i think it's entirely different from just like well it is entirely different from like reading it on a page yeah and being like this is a poem that i have to write an essay about so yeah but performing has always been something that i just like love so much and i did it a little bit growing up like i was a dancer growing up so my mother was like dance Mm. (laughs) so i think 
me being on the stage was nothing like new. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly felt more comfortable on the stage than having a conversation with a person. Because then I'm like, I can just exhort this, you can see me, and then bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I did my job. <laughs> I did yeah. my check. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask about being on the stage. Is that, um, how was that experience? Like, how much do you rehearse and prep that, that performance before you go up there? Or is it more of like, it's almost like a, an actor thing that I'm asking about too is is the performance of it feels like acting, but how how do you approach that? Is it not okay? Yeah. I was gonna guess, but no, <laughs> no guess. Wait, <laughs> I want to know your guess. I was just gonna I was just gonna ask because for me, I feel like it'd be one of two ways where I get really good at harnessing and in the momentness of my emotion and bringing up the emotion in the moment, and just playing with what I have there, not really practicing in the mirror or, or getting it all done or I over rehearse it and just really get it all down and perform the piece and pull the emotion via the practice so it's either practice versus like in the moment and just like going with it so I don't know which way or what ways I mean you're not too far off the mark I honestly I think it's a bit of both for me mm. like I would say what I practice is like memorizing the words. <laughs> so I'm not on stage and I'm like, I'm feeling this. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I first I memorize the words and then I would say if anything, I just harness the emotion or I remember what I was trying to like convey when I was writing it or creating the piece. But if anything, I do kind of practice the choreo with it because I think the dancer in me is like, mm. got to make sure my hand movements are good and got to make sure I'm looking at the right time. So if anything, I just set beats as to where I want the like storyline to go, because at the end of the day, you're just like creating a story, a scene. You're captivating somebody for like three minutes. So I'm like, let's go on this journey. Yeah. No, that's very cool. Yeah, because you have some pe some pieces on YouTube and stuff that, <laughs> that I checked out. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, another thing I like about you that I was going to ask about too was. It's a little bit of a, a sidetrack from that for a second, but it's the humbleness of, of like you create stuff and you put stuff out there. But like I know, for instance, you had a story, um, summertime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, but the the caption to your story was like I like you kind of hate sharing stuff that you're in. I do. <laughs> but, but here's the poster, and it's coming out this year or whatever the whatever the announcement was. So I was going to ask about why. What is it? What's the? Uh, yeah, go. I don't know. What's, I don't. It just makes me feel so weird to like. Be like, oh my god, like, I'm in LA, I was just in a movie, like, I'm just like, who do you think I am? I make my own clothes, look at me, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I just feel so weird. Like, I recently, like, joined TikTok, and I started doing, like, really oh, no. well on there, oh, no. and I was like, this is really weird. Like, I don't know, I think success to me is something that is just, I think because it was so, like, unattainable, or something that I really didn't. I couldn't or I wasn't taught or shown I could have within myself so I was like now to like have it or like see it in like little parts or bits of what it could bloom into I'm just like this is weird this is strange like mm -hmm. I'm like is this am I being like too 
on this or just like sharing too much or am I just like gloating? I don't want to do that. And like, what if I gloat about this and someone's like, oh, he's doing well. So I'm like, we don't want him to be in this. And I'm like, <laughs> like no. I'm yeah. Like, mm, give me that smoothie brandy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I kind of, I mean, I like that because I don't, because I guess there are those people that come off as braggy and yeah. and and we don't want to be that right like so that's the idea is, is how do how do you how do you have how do you celebrate the successes without coming off as look at the cool stuff i'm doing and how great i am yeah. and feel bad about yourself or, or whatever you know so i like the I, I, I would say I probably celebrate it with my friends because then I'm just like we're hyping each other up in the moment rather than me just like sharing it to like like and then like people just see it and then like nobody says anything so I'm just like what is the real reaction I'm like do they hate it do they love it mm -hmm. and I rather let my work speak for itself than me just being like oh I did this it's amazing you check it out I'm like bring me your opinion and if you come to my DM, like, Tyrus, I saw this and I hate it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I won't do it again. Sure. I'm like, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> it's a tough balance, right? Like, the idea is, especially with, like, L.A. living, yeah. is you're here for a reason. And you're trying, to make, you're, you're trying to make art to share with the world. Yeah. And yet there's this resistance to putting it out there because... <laughs> Because you don't want to do it the wrong way or come off a certain way. So it's, it's that weird balance of how do I get this out there to as many people as I can without putting it out there. I know. I like so. if I just, and it's like, do I do close friends? Do I like, but then also people are like, promote yourself. But I'm like, I'm not a billboard. I'm like, I don't want to walk around with a flyer. Be like, right. here's my card in Trader Joe's. Like, and I'm like, I'm okay. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. So, so getting back to the jump to LA, was this always an aspect of you that you've, that you've, I'm assuming you've always felt the way, like it feels weird to put yourself out there in certain aspects in certain ways. So how, what ways have you found that have worked for you that are maybe not the traditional methods or like, just how do you tackle Los Angeles? How'd you do it? I don't know. How <laughs> my memoir. Besides, we're all, we're all winging it, and we're all just trying to do our best and whatnot. But yeah, I don't know. Oh my god, I don't know. I think I'm still tackling Los Angeles. We're still wrestling. <laughs> it's got me in a chokehold right now. Well, with COVID, it's not helping. So. I know. I'm like, you'll see WWE me versus Los Angeles. <laughs> so yeah, I would say how I tackle just like existing in the city is. Like, to be honest, like, not caring a lot of what people think. Because I, I, growing up, I used to care so much. Or not even growing up, just, like, life general, TME. Mm. I used to care so much. I still do. I'm still like, oh, what are these people, like, thinking? What are people saying about me? Oh, my God. And I think it's because I, like, I was around something where I'm just like, okay, something's bad. It can happen any moment. Like, uh. So I'm like, I think that's why I was, like, really reserved within myself. And I'm just like, whatever people are doing. I'm going to just like keep to myself and not get involved. But tackling Los Angeles, I think it's just me being with who I am mm -hmm. and just existing. And if anybody wants 
like to come a part of my world. I'm like, come on, you know, only if you're chill though. <laughs> I'm like, not if you're like, how many followers do you have on Instagram? Mm-hmm. I'm like, please, <laughs> I'm like, leave me alone. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's the, the, the classic fear of only being wanted for like other people's use versus actually caring about like the back and forth of yeah. the, the collaboration of it. Right. Is the, yeah. So, do you have any experiences like that that you've learned from, or that that th- those people do come around? Or are they they easy to shake off, or do are those kind of like rare moments? They're hard to shake off mm. because I don't know if it's like just LA people or just like people in general to me towards me, but it's like people will reach out to me and like get attached to like wanting me in something that I'm like, and then when I'm like no. I'm okay, or I'm uninterested. It's like, well, we can do this, and we can do that. And I'm like, like it's not that serious. <laughs> like, I said no. And I think it's also because I'm never really, like, a solid no. I'm just like, oh, I'm okay. Or talk to you later. <laughs> and it's just like, that wasn't an answer. And people, mm. a lot of people in L.A. get into, like, also, like, being in themselves, that they're only consumed by what they want a lot. So it's, like, more like, I need to do this and I need him for this in order to benefit me and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's just like this back and forth. And I think about the fact that people are like, oh, just living their lives and everybody's just trying to just like get ahead with <laughs> out getting hurt. Yeah. So it's really, really sad when you think about that. But I try to protect myself as much as I can. And in that I'm just like, you know what? I'm sorry, but like I'm, like I'll send messages like I'm sorry, but I'm going to like protect my well-being. Like, I'm okay with this opportunity. Like, I appreciate you so much, but thank you. I'm okay. Like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People. Okay. Because I don't have, I don't have necessarily the same experience as that because I don't get, <laughs> I don't get reached out to because I'm, I'm not like, and okay. When you get reached out to, is that for like, the performing stuff, like the like the music video and the the acting. Cause I, okay, all right, that makes sense because I'm not an actor. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting because I can see it from that perspective a little bit as well. Being that I I do produce my own my own work and I do, uh, I am in similar creative hustle where where when you do want to reach out, let's just say. It's like, Tyrus, oh my gosh, I know Tyrus. I'm going to write a whole movie around. Yeah, I feel so bad. <laughs> and then I pitch it, and then I don't get a necessarily no. I'm like, wait, all right, there's still a yeah. chance. How do I make this work? So it's, I, I can see that perspective, too, where it's, um, it's hard to let people, I don't know, like maybe it's you're trying to be nice, or it's like, I appreciate the opportunity. Keep me in mind for future stuff, or like... Just, because we don't want we don't like closing doors and burning bridges yeah. for no reason, and it's sometimes hard to say no to people that are in that hustle because there's so much pressure we put on ourselves. Yeah, and especially the thing about LA is that it's so fast paced, and I feel like it's like a revolving door about each person like will get a turn basically. So it's like I can just like one day like somebody reaches out to me like so like aggressive and mean and they could have just been like having a bad day and I'm like bro leave me alone stop like the next day they're like on like Time magazine 
And then he'll DM me, like, hope you're having a good day. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> I am, but Jesus, Whoa. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like... It's kind of mean. Yeah. It's kind of like, I think it's really um, important to just, like, let people down gently if you can. But in L.A., a lot of people will take things so personally. That's mm-hmm. why I'm like, like, I want to make sure that I'm taking my well-being into account, but also taking yours into account because I know how hard it is. So I'm like... I don't want to be like, no, like every other like casting director and stuff, like close the door, never hear from me. I'm like, I just want to be like, I'm not for this right now, but thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me, for some reason, it reminds me of uh, early dating life for sure, where, where sometimes a no is better because there's still that hope. <laughs> <laughs> But because we're recording this on Valentine's Day too, that's yeah. almost kind of why that came to mind. But <laughs> I was gonna wear pink, but then I was like, you know what? Love. You got the I, pink socks going. Yeah, because it was supposed to be with my pink outfit, but then I was like, they kind of match my green pants, the the symbols and all. So let's jump back into spoken word poetry again. So we're talking about the performing, how you kind of choreograph your performances, how you have a bit of a a dance background. Can we talk about that a little bit too? The like dancing? how, yeah, what, cause you mentioned that your mom was a dancer and encouraged you to also learn the craft. I don't know if it was encouraging <laughs> <laughs> or more so like do this because we want you to be like in a masculine setting or something, or I don't even know. Well, it's kind of, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, parents make decisions for us growing up, and we just kind of have to go along with it. Yeah, I was like, like, my interests were not dancing. My interests were very, I think that's why she was probably, like, dancing, because I was like, I'm going to be a superhero, and I'm going to be an artist, like, in my head. And so I would, like, either, it was, it was a mix between me, like, jumping off my bunk bed, like, due to my sister being, like, do this and be like yes Mm -hmm. or me just like staring at the ceiling and like watching the paint and like sketching what I saw in it and she's like this is this is too much (laughs) maybe her thought process and I also was like very sensitive growing up so I'd be like my feelings yeah she's like dance don't (laughs) yeah what kind of dance are we talking so my mother took ballet and so I did a lot of like so she taught me what she knew kind of but her way of teaching wasn't the best. It was more like, I'm going to show you how to do this twice, and I'm going to go to work, and if you don't know how to do it, that's not my problem. And I'm like... Mm. <laughs> Tough love. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> and then I, for like a few years, like, I would say like five to nine or something, I was like low-key a Michael Jackson impersonator. Five to nine years old? Or yeah. Five? Okay. Like five to nine. anyway, yeah. I was like looking like a Michael Jackson impersonator. I like did like talent shows and stuff, competitions. That was my life, and I honestly hated it. I hate mm-hmm. it. I think I hate it more so the comparison because I was like I always wanted to be independent, mm-hmm. and I was like I hate trying to like follow in somebody else's footsteps, being told what to do, every movement, like how to be, like how to talk, how to think, and I was like, this is a lot. So I stopped dancing. Finally, I was so happy that I was able to be like... At nine years old? Is... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, can I not do dancing? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't do it. And then high school came around and I actually like took a contemporary class for a little bit. And then I secretly took cheer. 
because I wasn't allowed to be a chair. <laughs> so I was like, oh. How did you, how did you sneak that? Because that's like an after-school thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the way I snuck it, and I guess like my mother found out this way, <laughs> she's stalking me. But anyway, <laughs> the way I like snuck it in is to where I gave her the paperwork of me being a photographer for the cheer team. And I mm. actually talked to the coach, and I was like, my mother, like, because my mother's like very homophobic, like to be honest. And I had brought up cheer to her in the past, and she was like, oh, so you're going to be, like, wearing a skirt and stuff? And I was like, no. But I mean, <laughs> I'm like, no. So I was like, how do I, I really want to join cheer, because, like, my friends are joining cheer. And I was like, I really want to. Because I went to a charter school, so it was very much so, like, you go the days you want, but cheer was like, you had to be there. And I was like, yeah. this is an excuse. I want to be there. And I was like, I can do photography. And they're like, we can do the paperwork. And I was like, I'm going to take it on my mother. And she signed it. So I did like photography for them, but I also was like cheering. So it was me like doing it, helping them, like lifting and stuff. And then me being like, you'd sneak the photos to, to pass, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to, to at least skate by with that excuse. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. Two lives. Hannah Montana could never. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that where it's like, all right, practice is over. It's like, no, I got to get some photos quick. And then everybody poses for you. All right, yeah. sweet, we got them. So I was never in the photos, but I was like, all right. Yeah. Or if I was, I was like, it was on somebody's Instagram. And I'm like, I don't think I'm like, I don't think anybody's going to find this. So, so how was cheer? How, how was that? I did it for a short while. I would say I probably did it for like six months or something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a cheer team because we were like a charter school. Because there wasn't, were there, so they're, okay. They went to competitions, but I didn't go to them because then again, I would, it would be more paperwork and I would get in trouble. So I'm like, I'm okay. So it was, I would say it was pretty good. I liked it. I was in it for my friends. They ended up quitting. Yeah. So then I stopped. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. Yeah. So, does so were there? I'm not too familiar with charter schools, but does that mean is there like a football team and a basketball team and stuff to cheer at, or is it more of the the competitions between cheer teams? Like, they, I don't. I don't quite. Yeah. They didn't have um, a football team. We had like a, if I remember, a soccer team and like a track. What do you call it? It's like a track or track and field. Track and field, but also like cross. Country? <laughs> I don't know. Country. I don't know sports. Yeah, cross, cross, cross country is long distance running, but the track is track and field is like the the events yeah, around the that's the track. Okay. We're we're yeah. We're I don't know the difference. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have the football field and there's a track that goes around it, and that that'd be track and field. Okay. You don't normally have. Okay, but that you wouldn't have cheers at the track and a field events. No, yeah. I th- if I remember, I think it's cross country. All I know is that we would like go to locations to where it was like, um, like very like trees and stuff, but it would be like a center to where we would be like, oh, they're about to like finish. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. <I'm laughs> Interesting. Like, and okay, so did you go to those too? Like I did. To photograph. I was so fun. Nice. I loved it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Nice. Yeah. And then your quit, your friends quit, and you bailed too. Yeah, and plus I was like, I don't think there's a way to live this double life. <laughs> like it's so hard. It only, it's yeah. like Spider Man, you know, just trying to a lot of a lot of lying. Yeah, I was like, this is a lot, and it was definitely a lot to keep up, and then like do schoolwork and stuff. 
and you had to keep your like schoolwork up in order to be in it. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I want to, but also like this is like a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I love it, and I think it was that. Then again, like that feeling of just like. I'm doing this. I guess I love it, but it's like I can't like be fully in it because there's always something holding me back. So I was like in that disposition of like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe dance isn't for me. Yeah. So I was like, bye. So from dance to cheer, and then you were always doing writing. Have you always been a writer? I would write little stories when I was a kid, but I would write little stories to things that I drew. So. Mm. One of the activities that I loved to do when I was, like, younger was stare at paint, and it was weird. (laughs) But but I would, like, stare at paint textures and, like, see things in it. So a lot of things that I would, like, talk about in the paint textures was, like, oh, my God, there's, like, a war in there. And I would, like, draw it, sketch it, like, what I saw, and, like, talk about what was happening. I'm, like, Mm. oh, this person is this, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, like, and this people, and blah, blah, blah. It was honestly really entertaining. I entertained myself. (laughs) So so when you say... Just no judgment. <laughs> staring at paint. Are you referring to like, like a painting, or like you would, or like, like any paint anywhere would, would could do with that kind of exercise? Because I'm talking blank paint textures on a wall okay. in my bedroom. It oh, would... we, we all have our processes. <laughs> so. yeah, that was me. I would say when I started writing poetry was when I was sixteen, mm-hmm. sixteen or fifteen, but probably 16 because I turned mm-hmm. ages at the beginning of the year so I was like the school year yeah. or the okay so I was like poetry but I really didn't want to join it at first so I was like this isn't for me mm-hmm. I was like the whole like emotional like share your feelings like show your story I was like then again I'm like I don't want people to know much about me so why mm. am I sharing parts of me yeah because you mentioned that you were or are emotional an emotional being so so in hindsight it sounds like a perfect fit because it's an emotional outlet but then again there was some hesitation on on the vulnerability that it requires yeah i think i definitely still have a hard time being vulnerable not with poetry anymore but just like i think in general just me like oh my god like friends vulnerability telling people like yeah, that was me. And you're like, oh my god. Oh my mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> change the subject. <laughs> yeah. So you, okay, so you, you jumped. So initially it didn't seem for you, but you continued with it anyway because. Yeah, so I was at school and they had like a poetry showcase. And I had saw that, and there was a girl called, not called, her name was Markeisha, mm-hmm. and she did a poem about her father, and it really resonated mm. with me, and I was like, oh, Jesus, and like, this hurts. And I was actually in art club, and we had, like, went out to, like, watch the showcase, and, like, in, like, the main area, and I was like, ha how emotional, and the art teacher was like, I think you need to join Poetry Han, and first I want to shout out my art teacher, Ms. Johnson, I love her so much. Honestly, if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't have, like, like... Yeah, given it a shot. Given it a shot. Given most things a shot, to be honest, or even, like, given living as myself a shot. She was, like, constantly defending me. Somebody would say something about, like, queer people. She'd be like, well, honestly. And I'm like, get them! Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I love her. But she was like, I think you need to join poetry. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, in that moment, 
and then I didn't. <laughs> so and then the poetry teacher like was coming around the classrooms, and she handed me a flyer because not only did Miss Johnson tell her that I was like writing a little bit because I had started and I started writing and I showed Miss Johnson. She was like, "This is good," and I was always writing and showing my English teacher. So Miss Johnson and my English teacher Miss Ingen told Miss Blonsky, the poetry teacher, and so she's like coming around, but really she's coming around for me, mm-hmm. and she's like. So like I hear you're like a writer, and I was like, no, <laughs> not at all, not true. I was like, I don't know who you heard that from. <laughs> Lies, fairy tales, fabrications. Yeah. Um, so I was like, mm. and then so she's like, oh, I'll just give you like this flyer, like class starts this and that, and I was like, okay. And then my friends were like, are you gonna join? I was like, no. So my <laughs> peer pressure. My, one of my friends actually ended up joining. Well, I didn't really like know her, know her. But I had taken another class with her that had quit, <laughs> like computer science or something, like mm-hmm. IT something. And I was like, I'm not, I can't be a computer technician. But I joined it. She was in it. I'm like, this is fine. We started doing it. And I was like, wait, I'm actually good at this. And here I am. <laughs> and that's the end of that story. And that's yeah. the end of that. No, that's because that's something that I've thought about too, and that can be really inspiring about teachers is is how much impact a teacher can have on the growth of a student is yeah. like crazy because i i can think back to moments in my life too where the encouragement of of an individual teacher can really push you forward on that path yeah and uh it kind of you know it kind of makes you want to be a teacher sometimes too be i'm like oh my gosh like because I mean that's what I think that's why most people want to get into that kind of craft too is is to have the chance to make that sort of impact on people and to help encourage and flesh out flesh out the youth (laughs) no it's awesome I'm I'm honestly so grateful and so honored to have the teachers that I had in my life because I've had a a bunch of like really good teachers who have saw something in me and I think that's what pushed me to be like okay maybe I can do something maybe I can like exist maybe I can get out of this situation this moment Mm -hmm. this everything so if it wasn't for teachers or good teachers or teachers who saw me I probably wouldn't be here probably be back in the desert walking to a bus stop crying (laughs) Yeah, we don't want that. I'm glad glad to have you here. (laughs) (laughs) So I was going to bring up, um, I was curious to, if we may, talk about more of, more of your later, latest works or how you, as far as staying on the poetry topic and spoken Mm -hmm. word, how you decide what the topic's going to be. What, which ones you decide to put out into the world and how those kind of, how you, what that process is like. So, or if it depends on the one. I could bring up specific. <laughs> You're like, I have receipts, actually. Because <laughs> um, like the one, I believe this is the one that, that's included in the, the summertime trailer. It's the Ode to Yelp. Yes. Yeah, and that one's very cool. And... Um, so, like, for instance, that one, tell us about that one. 
Okay, so that one I act. Wait, do you want me to tell you how I like wrote what, it? Yeah, like what's it about, and then how did it come to be, and how are people reacting to it? Like all all that, all those kinds of steps are interesting. So Ulta Yelp is so fun. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I love performing that poem. It is not my favorite, but I love it, mm-hmm. um, and I appreciate what it has given me. Ulta Yelp is basically just like my little anthem about how I'm going to get back at the capitalistic world that is happening. And I'm just like, overpriced stuff and like the economy. I was just like really upset mm-hmm. with everything that was happening. And I think it was because I was just becoming an adult, 18, and I could barely afford things. And I was just so like pissed off because I was like, I want to be able to like invest in myself, invest in my health and who I am as a person. But I can't, like, I can't, like, buy nice clothes, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm just like, I just want to, like, I just want to eat a veggie lasagna that is affordable and isn't overly processed. I was like, is that too hard? Or, like, Mm -hmm. chicken strips that are, like, veggie chicken strips that are not overpriced. And I get a abundant amount of them i was like is that too much to ask for yeah because the main the main premise of that is the 15 dollar yeah like cap of if it's it was so yeah and right now when i actually only had 15 dollars in my pocket and i was like jesus christ i have to last two weeks because i was also paying my mother rent mm-hmm. and i was like i'll have 15 dollars in my pocket i don't get paid till another like well, I actually got paid weekly, but I was like, this check is going to my mother. The next check, mm-hmm. I would have enough for myself a little bit. So I was like, God, <laughs> I was like, how am I going to make it? And I was so pissed and just so sad and just like a mix of emotions. And I actually was on the bus over to work when I had was listening to a podcast by Olivia Gatwood. Mm-hmm. And I, she had mentioned, she was just like, like, I'm on Yelp all the time. And I was like, so am I. She's like, I write bad reviews about real shit. And I was like, so do I. And I was like, I'm going to write a poem to this. And I was like, so pissed. And I was like looking at my Yelp reviews. And I was like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I was like, I am, these are my words. And so I just started like writing to it. And I was like, this is kind of good. And I actually written it on the back of a receipt. <laughs> I know. And I started writing on the back of a receipt on a bus, and I was at my register, and I had printed out a new receipt to rewrite it on, and I was like, because I didn't have paper, and I was just like, mm. mm-hmm. but I had my pins and my little apron thing, and I wrote it, and I loved it, and my friend Allie helped me edit it, Allie Bishop, mm-hmm. and I performed it at the, I performed it first at like this, the poetry lounge, like the DA poetry lounge, mm-hmm. and I to be honest, I didn't think it was good because I had never written a poem of me just like being upset, but also having like a full circle moment. Yeah. Like my poems often have a full circle moment, but I was like, like I'm upset, but like, and I, I honestly wasn't laughing at it. Like the whole time when I was writing it, I was just pissed. Mm. And when I performed it and people were like laughing, I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, I guess, because when I was performing, I was just like, you know, I could buy her $15. People were like, and I was like, yeah, I know. Because you're, you're kind of hoping to start a riot kind of thing. Yeah. Instead, people are just <laughs> laughing at your pain. I was like, I'm going to be the next movement. And like, people are going to be like, down with capitalism, down with like economy. Mm-hmm. But like, people were like, ha ha, I feel you. And I was like, yes, 
Okay. It's like you're almost getting in there. <laughs> yeah, so it turned out to... So, all right. So it came out to be a more of a comedic turnaround. So then you did you adjust your, your performance after... I did, yeah. actually, because I the first time I performed it, I was going very, like, straight through and, like, just, like, kind of mad with it. But also, when I get angry, I think it that, like... <clears throat> Like, my anger isn't the same as, like, somebody being, like, oh, I'm upset. Like, what you see on TV. Like, my anger, I think, is probably comical. That's why people are, like, oh, this is supposed yeah. to be com- comedic. Because, like, my voice cracks. I was, like, do you know what I can buy $15? And they're, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're probably, like, this is hilarious. It's more comedic rant than than mm-hmm. angry. Yeah. 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 So I just adjusted my performance to it. Developed, like, some little moves that I just, like, do with it. And um, it's been one of my little staples. People know me by it. I'm like, gross. Well, what? Like you said, <laughs> gross. <laughs> it's like, I'm more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually went to Pride and I got recognized for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. Because I had been like doing it at a few places. I did it at this event called um, Rise or Why I Rise. It's like a mental health event that like Los Angeles used to like put on, mm-hmm. and like a bunch of like celebrities and stuff would go to, and I was like Jesus, and they had me doing poetry. Nice. And like people would come in, like watch and stuff, like a bunch of groups, and I think one of the groups had seen me, but also like sent a video of me to their friends, and I was like at Pride, just minding my business, and they're like, it was literally the volunteers like handing out stuff, or I don't know if they're volunteers, uh-huh. but like handing out stuff, and like. Oh, it's Yelp? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to vomit. Yeah, yeah. So how would you, is there, is there a way somebody would call you out of a crowd and be like, you're the, and you're actually not wanting to barf? Is there any <laughs> version of that? Or like, you're the one that wore the, or like, how, like, is there a? The thing is, I appreciate it. And I just, I, a part of me loves it, but I think a part of me like fears it. Because I'm like, like, do they really love me or do they love something and I don't want to let them down? Because like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm a different person on stage. Like on stage, I'm like, I'm going to move my yeah, yeah. arms and ah. And then like, I've literally like been told like people are like, oh, you don't act the same like off stage. And I'm like, I know I'm really boring. Like I make smoothies, drink tea and watch paint. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds a lot like, I mean, I've, I've heard comedians speak up about the the persona on stage yeah is almost like the true self it's like this is this is who i am i'm presenting like i'm the barriers are coming down yeah i'm showing you who i am and then once you get off stage that, that's when you resort back into civilization society walls up and i gotta play my part and yeah so it sounds like it's a similar thing where so for some reason people have an expectation that the person they're watching is the person that walks around the street and it's like well yeah yes and no yeah i'm like i have the same afro same wardrobe but (laughs) not the the same same. attitude (laughs) yeah i'm like and i don't know i i kind of feel bad because like i don't know i feel like people come up to me and they're like really like excited because i've been at like shows and they're like oh my god and they're like yes girl and they're like doing all this and i'm just like uh like thank you so much yeah i'm like (laughs) <laughs> I, I think they expect me to like do a death drop immediately uh-huh. like they're like yes go and I do yeah and I like go into a death drop I'm like which is a part of me but not me mm-hmm. I'm like I would do that on the stage and I'm like and 
Like I'm not getting paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah. Now. You'd be performing for them. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be authentic. Yeah. I'm, I'm keep, like I can't go up on a stage and just be like boring. Like, can you imagine if I went up on a stage and was like, here's my smoothie? Well, I think there is there's a way to deliver humor like that too. <laughs> the thing is that I probably would do well. <laughs> I would mean it. I'm like, I'm going to be boring. And they're like, oh my God. I'm it's like, like we love it. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Yeah. Why does it all work? Um, no, but I kind of like that idea too, especially, yeah, it's, it's the same. Yeah. It's, yeah. If you, if you, if you gift wrap it in the right way, I'm sure you could weaponize that, that the boring as well. Air quotes, boring. <laughs> So so OTL, you said it's not your favorite, but you love it. I love it. I think it's not my favorite anymore because I've performed it so much. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's 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 done its job, and you're moving on. Yeah, it's done its job. It's made its money. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> so, what's your? May I ask what your favorite is? Yeah, actually, let me think about that. I think I have different lines, different poems that I just like love so much I would say my favorite at the moment is do I love my work we're gonna get deep here I'm like do I (laughs) what is my favorite I would the one with the best writing that I love probably is my poem raise kids like water Mm. because I feel like I'm honest with it yeah it's is short. It, is that one that's available for people to check out? Or no. okay, yeah. So, has, but you you performed it, just not. I haven't. Okay. It's like a poem I keep myself. I would say that, and my favorite poems are really the ones that are like somber, for some reason. Like I have the performancey, like get up from your face, like mm-hmm. type of poem. But I love. I would say raise kids like water, mm-hmm. and my brother calls me devil, are like my two like poems that I would say that I just wrote that were so like I'm like I'm really like not trying to rhyme I'm just like putting down how I feel yeah and I was like oh what <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> okay that sounds about right to me I was gonna I look I, I was only able to I've only listened to the ones that are available like on YouTube and stuff so if, if you if you if you YouTube Tyrus Winter you'll you'll there's there's a there's a selection of a few that pop up from last year to a few years ago potentially yeah. like that that range I don't I couldn't find anything newer than like nine months yeah I'm hiding <laughs> wait oh my god actually sure a poem that I'm is my baby actually I would say is Mad Dog I just thought about it. I was just like that poem has all the things that I was like loving in those poems mm-hmm. in it obsessed. Mad dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. I actually wrote that having a panic attack. <laughs> so I was like... Which one? What's that What's that one about? It's about the perception of people in like my world and in my life. So I wrote about it and I was like... I was just really frustrated with like being like in settings to where I felt like I was being taken advantage of a lot. Mm-hmm. Or not even like... Even if that like wasn't the case, I just felt like who I was wasn't being taken into account and how I feeling how I was feeling wasn't being like upholded the way that other people's feelings were. So I'm like <laughs> I'm like I can't do this or just that like feeling of just like people expect so much from you or what they perceive to be of you from what they've seen in the media or 
who they want to see in you from like the perception of either you on stage, somebody that they think resembles you on TV, and they're like, that has to be you. Because I know no black people, and now I know you, and I've seen one black person on TV in two mm-hmm. seconds on a show, so has to be you. And I'm like, no, I don't act that way. Like, no. Yeah. So, yeah. So, does that, what's the core emotion that you put forward on that one? Is it, is it, is it angry or is it sad? What's I started the... off angry because I wanted it to catch people with the title because they're like, oh, it's going to be an angry poem. But literally, a poem, a line in the poem is like, but I'm not like this. And that's when I switched the tone. And I was like, got ya. Mm-hmm. But then it goes kind of like, frustration towards the end and not necessarily like anger but like the desperation to like get across how I'm feeling and like what I've gone through to people without being like you know what like this is not a joke like I'm not a joke or something you know? yeah I could imagine the way that you're describing it because I haven't heard this one I don't believe yeah. good <laughs> <laughs> but uh I imagine the the intention is to provide that additional perspective and and educate people on how maybe they could see things differently is that is like think about how i'm feeling and think about what your knowledge is and once you mix that all mix that all in then maybe people can be more open to hearing you out or asking for how you're feeling like that's kind of what you said is your feelings weren't being really thought about it's like be like this because this is what we need and this is all i know so this yeah. must be you versus asking you about all right let's how are you how do you feel about this idea yeah and then you could speak up and be like well actually this is how i am i can be like this and it's like all right sweet let's work with that like yeah yeah and i'm like please stop <laughs> I, it was oh, a lot of those moments that's rough I know. I feel that. We don't want people to feel like that. No. Um, I don't know the names of these poems, but I was gonna bring up some convers some some topics that you brought up in your performances of the poetry, and see uh, if there was more to them. Because, all right, I'll just I'll just mention what you talk about. Um, this aspect I don't know if this is something that you do or if you if you witness this in other people but it's the act of like being in conversation with somebody and cutting the conversation short <laughs> before reaching a vulnerable state yeah because you because yeah so that was a that was a line that kind of came across and it kind of struck me and I'm like ooh ooh hello don't do, no, don't do. It's my poem, whatever. Um, I talk about, I think in Mad Dog, I expanded on whatever. Where whatever leaves off, I expand upon. But I talk about just how I was really afraid to be vulnerable. And it really shows in the poem because it's so short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, most of my poems are, like, two minutes or, like, three minutes. And that one is, like, I think a minute and, like, 30 seconds. But yeah. I make it longer with, like, pauses like, I can really do it in, like, a minute yeah. mm-hmm. if I was to be, like, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, I talk about how I'm afraid of vulnerability a lot. Or I feel like to be vulnerable, like, in most settings, how do I word this? 
I feel like a lot of the times, in order for people to like care, of course they need the vulnerable side, but I feel like in order to care, I don't think you need always for me to be like, I'm having a hard day, like this would happen to me when I was a child, like just understand that like me saying no is just, I'm like taking it, like I'm just saying no, like I need this moment and it's not like a personal attack on you, so I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not having an attitude. So I was like, there is an art to an attitude, like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just like carry that throughout the poem and I tell them how I'm feeling. Yeah, because it sounds like a combo. Cause again, going back to when you first got introduced to considering the poetry class and you're like, wait, this is going to be vulnerable. This is not for yeah. me. And then also to like being hit up on, on social medias and trying to let people know no, I'm, I'm good for now. Thank you, though. Like, it feels like that combo is kind of recurring here. But also, I was thinking about, I guess, of course, the nice thing about art is when it's, when it's performed, the person witnessing it is attributing those things to their own life. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about potentially moments either... Because, I mean, I write, too. Like, I, I do script writing and screenplay, not, not poetry. I don't I got snaps there. I was like, it's not poetry. It's still poetry. <laughs> but, um, so I think about, like, relationships and character dynamics and the a constant theme with non-communication and miscommunication being a, a, a thing that causes issues all the time. And this was an aspect that I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is another way that people would just don't know how each other feel because yes. there's like a cutting off as soon as like as soon as you're gonna get somewhere with somebody it's like well i'm not letting you pass that cut it off get out of the conversation quick. i know so it happens a lot i definitely think it's like because as humans that's why i'm like i guess i'm afraid to be vulnerable because like what you see in the media is not really vulnerability or they don't advertise vulnerability to towards people or if they do and it's like in this gaudy romantic type setting where it's like the notebook and they're like lovers coming together sure like that type of vulnerable like you don't really see people being vulnerable or i didn't really see people growing up like being vulnerable or people within my same like stature like well-being not well-being or just like presentation of my being Mm -hmm. so i was like what is vulnerability so not, not many people see vulnerability in a lot of male figures, especially on TV, and vulnerability really isn't advertised. Or if you notice on like reality shows, when somebody's like crying, they're like they're dramatic, like they're blowing that out of proportion. But no one thinks about the 360, like how that person feels. Like it could be the moment, the moment before, the upbringing. Like there's so many things that are going into why this person is feeling how they are in this moment and this reaction. That's why when I know people like get upset with me, I'm like, I'm going to let you down easy. or I'm going to tell you things that is easy for you to hear so that I'm not just being like harsh. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that's hurting you because I'm just like, I'm not going to contribute to your heart, babes, because we're all hurt. We're all just little heart beings. Yeah. So I'm like, let me not. Do you have the experience with, um, no, I guess knowing that that's a thing in cutting off conversations to avoid the vulnerability do you do you also have the experience of extending a conversation to try to pull out vulnerability in 
people and how that and how that goes. Just uh, I do. I I don't think I do it often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah. But I talk with my friends a lot, and a question that I ask, or questions that I ask, is like when, like, say my friend is like having like a hard time, and they're like, "Hey, like, blah blah blah," like we're just like in conversation, or they're just like telling me something. I'm like, "Is there anything I can provide for you? Do you want support? Do you want like support in this moment, or do you want advice?" Like, is there anything that I can provide? And if they're like support, I'm like, fuck that bitch. I'm like, yeah. I'm like no, no. <laughs> but like advice, I'm like, maybe not fuck that bitch at this moment. <laughs> I'm like, but in the night. <laughs> See what the kind of problem your friends are dealing with. Eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say, if anything, when I extend conversations yeah. like that, I always ask if it's okay or. If the conversation is being extended from somebody on like the other side, like they're like trying to ask me about stuff, I'm like, I'm I always say what I'm comfortable saying, or sometimes you have to say what you're not com- uncomfortable saying in order to get like your point across or mm-hmm. to tell people, because I've been in multiple situations where people are just like, like ah, oh, like two people are just like butting heads, and they're taking all this like baggage to the like sight of the butting heads <laughs> that's the term <laughs> analogy sight of the heads but yeah they're taking all this baggage and neither one of them is unpacking what they have so in so, a lot so of it's settings, not too productive yeah yeah i like the way that you go about it though i don't know because i think because i i have the issue sometimes too where i know something's wrong and then you try to make the person talk, but you can't really do that. So I like I like the way that you go about it, where it's it's a, it's the ask up front of, do you want? We can go down this path or this path. Can is either one helpful to you? Yeah. And then you can uh, provide the A or B path on that. That seems really nice. Yeah. That seems very nice. That's very mature. I think a lot of <laughs> a lot of times what happens is that mm-hmm. when you know something's wrong with somebody you're also not vocalizing that you know something wrong. I used to do that a lot, where I'm like, I know something's wrong, like either in myself or like my friends or like somebody mm-hmm. that I care about. And me just being like, do you want a smoothie? It's like not really beneficial to what they need. I mean, it could be, mm-hmm. but I'd rather ask like first, like, is there anything I can provide you that yeah. like can, can help, will help? like information, resources, advice, like do you need to talk? Do you need to just sit here and cry and me to just be a comfort for you? Like whatever I can do. Yeah, and sometimes it's just space. It's like yeah. I don't like if if it's somebody like you live with or somebody you've known for a long time, sometimes the answer is don't bring it up yeah. because that's going to hurt more than it's going to help. So And at least in that setting you know now. So you're like cool, I don't care. So, yes. Right. So you know how to navigate it better and you're not just like back at the sight of the butting heads. <laughs> yeah. So the moral of the story is vulnerability is hard. I know. <laughs> and uh, it's not fun for anybody. Mm-mm. But it's important. Alright, next line. You mentioned at one point the topic of safe spaces. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
I feel like safe spaces, safe spaces is a, is a newer phenomenon that's developed. I, from what I recall, I'm trying to think about history. It feels like it's newer than like the last 10 years or something. I don't know. I think it is. Where, where, I don't, yeah, I don't know. What, I, do you, what do you think about safe spaces? I don't know. I think a lot of things. I don't think I really heard about safe spaces growing up, but I think safe spaces to what people try to advertise them at, as, in my opinion, is kind of toxic because a lot of people would be like, oh, we're holding safe spaces, but in turn, this, well, I would say the term what, safe what, space. Where would people say that? Where, where is that at? Not like holding safe spaces, like, come here, this is a safe space, but like, they'd be like, this is a safe space for like, talk, blah, 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 blah. Okay, okay. Like that type of setting, but that can be like kind of toxic when you're thinking about it because they're not really saying safe space, like I'm here for you. A lot of times it's, I'm here for the positive aspects only or to tell you like it will get better like I think in order for things to really be a safe space you have to also embrace the negativity that comes with growth and not just like oh it'll get better like I'm just like oh my god like I'm going through this and they're just like in 10 years it'll be better and I'm like okay <laughs> I'm like great thank you so much yeah so it's it's that Okay. I mean, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Because um, like you're saying, the way the safe spaces are advertised is you can come here and you can hear all the good things. Like you're not, it's a place to not get offended. It's a place to not get insulted. It's a place to share what you're going to think, share, share your viewpoints without being challenged on. Like, I don't, I don't quite like it's a weird it's kind of confusing i think a lot of businesses would be like this is a safe space or people in conversation would be like this is a safe space and when and just like i don't because i, so, I, I think about because a, a space that i hear about it a lot is like college campuses yeah where either the entire college campus is a safe space or even like pockets within it are safe spaces um and then, like you were saying, that there's an element that's being ignored there that's actually the important part of a process. But yeah, you, you include, okay, you include the safe spaces in a, in a poem, and you were kind of ranting about that. I, I can like, it feels like a rant. It's, I don't know, venting. I don't know how I you consider think, it. I think you've probably heard Mad Dog. Maybe. Is yeah, that what, maybe. The line is, I hear talk of safe spaces, but nowhere feels like a sanctuary. Yeah. Is, I guess I have heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was basically saying like how I felt. is like a lot of people will tell you, like, oh, this is a safe space and stuff, but they're not really like meaning that. I think, or I think a better term, not a better term, or something that would be like more pleasant to my ears, it would be like I'm holding space. Like, mm -hmm. for whatever you have to bring, like, instead of just, like, safe space. Because then you're advertising that I will protect you, and then, like, all you can give them is this, is, it'll be okay, and send them on their way. It's like, stop, like, stop, yeah, stop like offering that. safety if you can't provide it. Yeah. 
Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Holding space, though. I like that. You can't, yeah, it's it's not as marketable. <laughs> yeah, it isn't. To be like safe space, like I'm going to protect you, but like, because like if there's something like, say, going on at home with a child and you're like, this is safe space, are you really going to be like, I hear you, I'm listening to you, like, you won't have to go back to that or I'm going to protect you. No, what they're, a lot of times what they're doing is, this is a safe space. And then it's, goodbye. Like, you just talk to me. And then they're still, like, carrying that. Mm -hmm. At least they did get to talk it out with somebody, if that's what the space is providing. But mm -hmm. a lot of times I'm just like, be honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next up. <laughs> Uh, pretty people. No! Gross. I hate that phone. <laughs> you hate it? Mm. Okay. I was like, I was I was listening to that one and went to a pretty dark place at one point. I'm like, oh. Anyway, you don't <laughs> like that one. So how do you... It seems like you have a pretty good batting ratio and to put in a sports term of a sport I don't even like in terms of a percentage. Like, what's your... When you create, how often do you still like it later on? For Like, is it 90 percentile, or is it like half of them you kind of like have to sweep away, or what's... I don't know. I would say there are poems that I definitely get sick of, mm -hmm. because it's the poems that tend to be people resonate with more, or not even that, they're just like, this is marketable, or we want this for like this moment, or... We want to hear this. So I'm like, uh, So then, it, then I get sick of it. Okay. <laughs> because I'm like, you're hearing it the first time. This is my hundredth time. Right. So I'm like, I'm okay. But it's kind of, uh, it's also like, you know, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I mean, that's not really, again, that's not really the piece's fault. That comes with the territory of the performance aspect and putting on the show, right? Yeah. Or, okay. But I I would say because I grow from where I was when I had written a piece, Yeah. I probably, it's not necessarily me being like, oh my God, I hate this poem, even though it's probably the exact exaggeration yeah. that I go to. It's me more so being like, I've grown from this piece. This piece taught me what it could. It no longer is teaching me anything. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can say it and like shed light on it or say it in a different perspective. But I think it's time for me to write something different about where I am now or where I've come from. I can touch on that piece, but it's not encompassing yeah. what I'm feeling now. Because that, that's come up um, with like musicians. And I've always been curious about how does one write a song and then they have to go on tour and then perform the song and perform the song and take it through the whole process of making the album and... Now it's out there and it's been two years since they wrote it. And it's like, how do you still live with it? Because, <laughs> of course, we grow in that time. And I've heard answers like, well, yes, that was a different me. But through the years of, of the development of it, I can think of it in a different way. Yeah. So it stays fresh. And yet it's, but yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Because that's how I am with my with my work, too, with like, I've got a, a feature film that I made that's coming out soon. Oh. Yeah, and it's been like a two-year process on 
the writing of it to it coming out. It's going to be two years. And I've made a lot of films and I've been a lot of been on a lot of sets in between. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if I can go back in time, like the writing would be much better. The, the directing would be better. Just because we just grow as people and as yeah. artists and we have more tools in our toolbox and more confidence. And I'm like, oh, if I could just... Yeah, I just got I just got to do it again and put something new into the world, and then by the time that comes out, I would have grown again. Yeah, it's an endless. So it's the struggle. The struggle's real. The struggle's real. Okay, so we won't talk about that one. Um, I did want to talk about. uh, It's a thing called. We've mentioned it before, but it is summertime. Mm-hmm. I was curious a little bit, maybe more on the side of being that you are, do you consider yourself an actor? Yes. Did you consider yourself an actor before summertime? No. <laughs> okay. Great. So, uh, can I mean I know the story a little bit just because I've done some research on it. But if you wanted to, if what's you, how is it for you getting sucked into that world? And then we can talk about that whole process because I, yeah, yeah. So summertime is a collection of like twenty or so poets, um, different stories and such. So a lot of the other poets were like selected and like like they audition to this organization called Get Lit. I'm also a part of it, but I wasn't like part of the auditioning process. Mm-hmm. But the director saw me at um, one of the competitions I was at. Actually, on YouTube, he saw the performance of me first doing OT Yelp for not first, but like doing OT Yelp at that competition at the finals mm-hmm. that I won. Ew. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And to clarify really quick, I'll jump in. The director is Carlos Lopez Estrada. Yes, he is. Director of Blind Spotting. Um, so Summertime hit Sundance in 2020. Blind Spotting was also a Sundance darling. So that's just the back background on, on Summertime. But all right. Yeah. So the director saw you, saw saw you on YouTube, and then saw you in person at one point, You know, he was actually a judge at the slam. And then that's when I also saw the power of OTO once again. Um, Because it actually, because when I auditioned for the slam team, they actually weren't going to, like, let me do OTO. Mm. Because they were like, this isn't like a slam poem. Like, slam poems are, like, emotional. Like, I was going to do whatever. And I was like, I want to do OTO. So the way I actually got it in is they have like a weekly class like every Saturday and our team practice was happening the same time so I went downstairs to the class and then performed in front of all those students and the students went wild for it mm. and they were like okay you can do it to you so I did it at the slam Carlos saw me and was like we want you in this movie and I ended up having the largest role in it so I'm like, damn. Congrats, congrats. I was like, do your snaps too? I know you're a snap. I was really scared because I was like, I've never been in a film before. Like, all I know is poetry when, like, portraying emotions. So it was really interesting to, like, do my poem, but, like, do it again. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, right, right. Or, like, pause in, like, a specific line and then deliver that a different yeah, way. let's pick up from, yeah, this moment. Yeah. yeah I was like... Oh, I'm so weird. So I think it was both weird, but also like 
a really good way for me to learn different aspects of my poem. And like, I was like, I like this enunciation. I like it set like this. I like the way this feels. I got to like do it differently. And it was really incredible. It was a learning process, mm -hmm. but it definitely was something that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so grateful to Carlos because he was like, be in this film and do this. And we're yeah. going to And yeah. then I wrote a second poem for it. And I was like, damn. So you have two poems in the... I do. Nice. I have OTLP and Home. Great. So I would say to anybody listening, check out the trailer. It's very cool. I like it a lot. I watched it like three times. <laughs> and then and then Tyrus comes up and I'm like, rewind that play. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really do like dislike it's, seeing myself It's a great things. trailer though. The editing on the trailer is, is beautiful. Yeah. I think it's very cool. But you were saying seeing yourself. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I really hate seeing myself. I saw the trailer and I was like, myself. Skip. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe maybe that'll change. We'll see. Well, I don't know. It feels similar to the to the um to the humbleness of not wanting to put the stuff out there. It's like I want to be out there, but I I don't want to be out there. Like it's that fight of yeah. wait 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 no I don't want to see it, but like let let it exist. It's a weird. Yeah. Like if you see me, yes. I'm like, but I don't want to be like I'm a billboard. Yeah yeah. Uh. No, but that's very cool. Um, so being that you hadn't acted before. How, what was your, did you, how did you prepare for, like, the non, because it's not all performance, it's not all spoken word performance, I assume, it's like there's, there's normal Tyrus moments versus performing, because I haven't seen the piece, it's technically not out yet, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I have to use my imagination, but I, I, how did you, how did you prep? So we did like, um, what are those, like table readings? Yeah. We did those. Um, I got like feedback off that. And I would say a lot of times on set, Carlos was more so giving me like direction. Mm -hmm. He's a director. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was like, yeah, so like take it more in this way, do like this, like say it that way. And you can tell in the beginning of the film, like I was really nervous. Like, of course it doesn't like show in my voice or like, but you, you, you can see it because you were that was you. Like I can feel it, and but you can definitely tell my confidence level change as the film goes on, like the way I'm like presenting things. So, so I'm like, the, did you shoot it? You guys shot it in sequence, like it was. It, yeah, we kind of had to because it was like we had to like intertwine everybody's story, so we were like literally going across the city, mm -hmm. but we did like go back like do pickups like and stuff okay. like that. And, which I was grateful for because I was like, I get to do it again. Yeah, you get to, <laughs> now that you're more confident and more seasoned and got some time on from the camera, it's like, all right, let's go back and let's redo that. Yeah. I'm ready. It was it was really fun. Like, I really loved it so much. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, give me more. Yeah, you got addicted. Y'all right. DM me for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, prior to getting on set though so you mentioned table reads what did you do like did you end up taking any acting classes or talking to actors or did you do any was there a chance to do like rehearsals in between table read and the shoot where you gotta meet your castmates and feel each other out and 
try blocking locations? Like, how was how was so, all of that? The thing is that like I already kind of knew most of the people because mm-hmm. they were like poets as well. Yeah. So I was especially with the people that I was going to be with a lot. I was like, oh, I kind of know you guys. So yeah, like I'm comfortable with this. But I would say I didn't really ask a lot of like for help. I was just like, whatever people got to offer, I will take. Yeah, yeah. But I definitely probably should have like asked actors and stuff. And as I did, you can tell in the film, like, because like, um, I would say the first few days of shooting, I was like getting really down on myself and really scared. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh my God, like I need somebody here. So I actually, um, Diane, one of the producers and also like the founder of Get Lit, I was like, hey, help me, blah, blah, And she was like, sweet, yeah, I'm an actor. Ah! And I was like, ah. Yeah. Yeah, so she gave me a bite. <laughs> that wasn't our interaction. <laughs> like, that's how I prepare for his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so she gave me advice. She, like, helped me a lot. And I was like, I started to, like, feel more confident. And I was like, yeah, like, I can do this. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And also, one of... um. The people like in my like little group because I kind of have like a little like posse in the film mm-hmm. like two people, um, Benet and Lee. They go by Lee now, but Benet is actually already like an actor. Like she went to like an acting school, so I noticed a lot of our table reading. She would be like, "Oh yeah," and I'm like, "Yes," like I would do it like that, and I, mm-hmm. and I would be like, mm. or I would just like pick up on things. And I'm like, "Oh, like." In conversation, her voice is like here, but like in acting, her voice is like, "Hey guys, yeah, definitely, oh my god!" So I'm like, "I can do that." Yeah. So I'm not on the film being like, "I don't want to buy chicken strips," and they're like, "Tyrus, the mic is over here." Yeah. But because I imagine that it probably wasn't too much of a stretch for you, because of course, the nature of the film. It's pretty much like the director wanted you because of you. So mm-hmm. it's almost just be yourself. And you already have the experience of performing. It's just non... I mean, you've performed in front of a camera. It's not necessarily to the camera. But you've performed in front of audiences. You've harnessed energy for your performances. It's very... I can see a lot of overlap into... All right, now I just got to channel it in a different way. And... Um, yeah. And then do my thing, but no, it's, that's I think it's very cool. It's really cool. What? Uh, so since then, acting, like you mentioned, it's now that you're an actor. <laughs> now I have the IMDb credits. <laughs> so uh, what? What's the? How do you feel about that pursuit? What's what does that added to your play? How does that feel? Um, I feel like it's just, like, another avenue for me to just, like, express my art. Mm-hmm. I, at first I was, like, I'm really scared, like, is acting for me? But I've been, like, seeing people or, like, hearing people who are, like, you're, like, you could literally be if you, like, this is something that you want to do. Because I have the habit of, I want to do this and I get really good at it. So I'm, like, this is my first time and I got this. I was, like, Sure. I was like, let me see. It's a little, you're getting spoiled early on. Maybe. I know. I'm like, I'm like, what can I, what can I try? Yeah. I think especially if I give it more juice, but I haven't really lately. But I would say definitely something that I would want to explore because I would want to see more people of my likeness mm-hmm. on screens on television because I've had people reach out to me and be like, I saw Summertime and it was so incredible. Like mm. I had Sundance. I'd be like. That made me so happy. 
there was this one lady at Sundance who I appreciate so much. She was like, oh my God, I, we love you so much. She was like, all of South Africa is waiting for you. And I was like, that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, I like, and I was like, are you a South African ambassador? Um, are you? I was like, okay. But I was like, thank you. But I also was like, that's really sweet that like, I get to like have an impact or just like an inspiration to somebody or not necessarily like, impact. Like I'm not Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. But I'm like mm-hmm. an influence in whatever way I can. You made like, an impression. Impression. There we go. That's a good word. A spot. Like <laughs> there's a yeah. little thumbprint on your wall. Mm-hmm. So how was Sundance? How was, because uh... I know I watched like one interview where it was like director and cast and you guys were like lined along this table and getting to a little bit of get to know you session. But how was Yak? Because I've never been to Sundance. I always have like a bunch of film friends that are like, this year was different, of course. Yeah. But in years past, it's like a it's like a hype event for sure. And how how especially being that you were a face on the screen, how was that? It was really fun. It was really scary. I would say a really positive thing, um, which is also kind of scary, mm-hmm. is that I got recognized a lot because apparently I'm like really recognizable with my hair, and I was like. Mm-hmm. And it freaked me out, but then I started to like get used to it. I was like, I don't feel the acid coming into my stomach for me to vomit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, it's getting normalized a like, little bit. Oh my god! And I was just so appreciative of like all the love I was getting and stuff. And I think the apprehension comes from people like expecting me to be a certain way. Right. But I think because Carlos was like, we want you to also do a second poem and be yourself even more so. It gave me an arc and gave me um the character development and like the whole like 360 of like there's more than just this guy who hates avocado toast and chicken strips that are overpriced Mm -hmm. so i think people seeing that vulnerability that i was so afraid of Mm. is what made them approach me differently that wasn't just like tongue popping blah blah blah. yeah so they're able to see things that they're that they didn't see before so i'm like I was really happy that people were, like, so positive. I was happy that I got to dress up. I was going to ask. And get I was <laughs> I really stunned it. I literally Googled Sundance fashion, and I was like, oh, this isn't a thing. Well, I mean, it is, but, like, it's like, this, here's what people wore at Sundance. Not really, like, Sundance fashion. Yeah, it's no stuff. big red carpet coverage and stuff so or whatever. I was like, that is a problem. I'm okay. like, I am going. So you went. You went with a mission. All right. I went with a mission, and I definitely blazing trails. Each day, I did have a theme. How many days again were you there? The whole. You were there the whole time. Yeah, I think the whole time. <laughs> it's like what five days? Yeah. Okay, six or seven. I stayed a while. You you took it in, yeah. And I was like. I love this. And each day I had a theme. I'm never leaving. <laughs> it was so fun. I got to meet so many different people from like all across the globe. And I was like, this is incredible. So what, it, all right. What did, what did you wear? What did you decide? How did you, because there's like days that, that there's the specific day that the movie was going up. And then there's just other days too. How did, how did that work? So Arrival, I was incognito glamour. I was uh, like incognito glamour. Yeah. I had like a glitter like um like head wrap and stuff, and it was like a black um like um fur robe, and I was like, nice. We walked into like the places at our backs down with our <laughs> shades on, and we were like 
we come in with a mission only. And I had, I also had velvet gloves on. <laughs> and I was like, mission. The um, premiere, I decided that my theme was Los Angeles, mm. but like Los Angeles or whatever, whatever I decided in my head. But I also decided that I want to resemble the Sundance logo in a way. Mm. So that's where I made a crown for my hair. And my hair would be like the little bottom and then the crown would be... Only like a few people got it and they were like, wait a minute! <laughs> I was like, whoa. Oh. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. I walked in wearing all right, all white, glitter robe, stoned to the house. It was really fun. Um, the second day, I believe I wore like a, a gold look or something mm-hmm. that I had like gotten from a brand. And last day, not in the last day, the other day is pink. Okay. Then I wore white again, glittered a jacket. Literally, like, 10 minutes before I had a, um, like, a little panel screening or whatever. Like, we would go after and talk after the movie showed. Yeah. And I, like, was glittering that jacket super fast. Because I was like, this needs to be Mm. perfect. It was fun. Yeah. Mostly monochrome that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black, white, gold, pink. No, that sounds... That sounds like you made the most of it for sure. How how involved were was the uh, was the production in coordinating the Sundance thing? Like, did they? I'm assuming they like flew you out and got you all settled in, and then they had like maybe an itinerary for you. I'm like, this is where you want to be. Some a little bit of uh, guidance on on how to. They did. They um. So they were like, I. So they picked out like a group of like poets who would be like the main faces. Mm-hmm. Because sure. <laughs> they had like tires. <laughs> Hello, I was like, oh, me? <laughs> like, yeah. So they're like, you're gonna be like doing the interviews and such, and like talking to people. And I was like, cool. I prepared for these. So they had like an itinerary. After that first meeting, it was like you're getting up like tomorrow at seven. Stop like doing this. We would like go to like shoots, go to like talk to people, go to screenings, and then like go to parties and like perform or something. And it was a blast mm. but it also was like I'm exhausted but I because I was like this life is hard but also I love it yeah but it's the dream at the same time so you yeah. make it work I'm like it's the dream but I also can't sleep <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah yeah it's yeah you, you can't sustain that for yeah it, but it's a nice weak stint to yeah, push it def- I feel like it was more like a training so I'm like you know what I'm like Okay. I'm like, I know. I'm like, this is boot camp. Yeah. I'm like, cold. <laughs> Got my black jacket on. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I was thinking about... <sighs> you, you said something in there, and then I forgot what my thought was. But, um... What? Okay, I guess, aside from the experience you got from... Um, like the the attention toward you, how did you spend much time like watching other films and how was, oh, I guess the thing I was going to say was the way that you were being encountered. You mentioned that the second poem might have put you in a different light so when people came up to you, it felt different. Mm -hmm. I was also thinking that another element could be being that a lot of people there are in the industry and they're filmmakers and there's there's a better understanding of what you go through as an actor. So it's not like, so they're a little bit, you know, they're not 
the starstruck people that are like, oh my gosh, like that must be you. It's they get where you're coming from and they get the process and they're just happy to be yeah. be be. A, what do we say? Have the impression be impressioned upon? That's not a, that's not a term. <laughs> but how how was it? Uh, seeing the other projects and seeing what other people brought to the table and like all it that was, kind of. I, if there's anything of mem- memorable from that. I didn't get to see a lot of movies because mm. um, I was like, I have to be at this. And yeah. there were people who I wanted to meet up with and I couldn't and I was like... But the movies that I did get to see, I loved because um, they gave us tickets. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was on a panel with the two directors and they were like, come to my movie. And I was like, okay. And then I did and I was like, oh. It was... Um, called Save Yourselves, mm. which I love that movie so much! I'm like, ah! And there was a movie that I wanted to see, Kajillionaire, and I didn't get to see it at Sundance, but I got to see it after and then meet the director. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to full circle moment. Because like literally at the screening, I like, no, I had tickets and they were like, I'm going to go to the screening because we had just finished like an interview and I was like, I'm going to the screening. You guys can't stop me. I'm Ubering. Bye. And they were like, you have to be at this. And I was like, but I, have, I was like, it's Freddy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to see it. Yeah. I would say I got to see two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Save Yourselves and it's a Bruce Lee movie, I think his name is. Bruce Lee? Yeah. I want to say it was um Be Water movie. Like a documentary. Yeah. I really loved it. Okay, okay. So I guess I'm wondering about being that you didn't consider yourself an actor before and this was like the turning point experience. I'm I'm just trying to imagine if you watch more movies or your or if anything has changed since that experience. I guess that was what else I want to ask too was Yeah, I mean you kind of answered it before, but if what you've taken from that experience and what the what the goals are coming up. Because one thing about acting that I feel is different than what you do is you're in most cases you're not really performing anything that you that you're creating yourself. It's like I'm writing words, I want you to play this character and come be this other person for me, versus the awesome opportunity of, of summertime where it's like, no, I like you as you are. Yeah. Here's your poems. Let's just, we're just going to feature you as you like that. That seems like, like the, the, the best case scenario for the meshing of your worlds of acting and, and, and performance of, uh, of the spoken word. But moving forward, how, how, how do you feel about, uh, have, have giving a little bit of the control away on the the writing and stuff. How does how does that work? So I've had like a few auditions that I've been like really happy about mm. because I feel like most people reach out to me or send me roles that they're like, this is Tyrus, mm. or I feel like I could like do justice to. You. But I think now it's more so applying what I bring to the table, which people already resonate with, to a role. And, of course, if they're like, oh, we want you to act more this way, I can. But it's definitely more in a way where I'm just like, I can think of a backstory that gives me something to, 
that enables me to be able to do that. So if they're like, you're super depressed, you're super sad, I'm just like, okay, so this is what happened to me, like, and I like take experience that I've had, and I'm like, okay, this is what would drive me to be like this person, and I can be able to just like embody that, mm-hmm. like on Be Good Boy, where they're like, you're just like lost with this, and I'm like, mama, that's not too far off the mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, so you can get there. Yeah, I guess for. I don't know if any if other, if other actors are watching or, or listening. I like here's the thing that I like about Tyrus, and it's kind of what you just said was even without meeting you, like even just from your Instagram and like some articles and stuff. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, I know. I feel like you you do a really good job of presenting yourself as who you want, like how you want to be seen. Like you put. There's like the genuineness there of this is who I am and I'm not really high. I'm not pretending to be somebody else for you. Like, one hundred percent. Yeah. So here I here I am. So when it makes sense that when you're being reached out to, they're reaching out to the person that they already know you are in yeah. a way, and that helps. I yeah. I would say it's definitely beneficial to be yourself. Like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> like newsflash. <laughs> props to the people who are really good at faking it, but like, I like, I would looking in the past, hiding like who I was, like my sexuality, my being, like didn't benefit me in any light. Like, I was working at a grocery store at eighteen, like in the closet, not like in the closet, but like people were like. He's obviously queer because he's sensitive. Like, that's people's assumption. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, but when I really started to embody who I was, there was an obvious difference and an obvious, like, switch into the way people, like, behaved around me or approached me or just talked to me. Because I would say me in the past, I was very much so, like, incognito, walk through the moment. Like, people would be like, oh, I see something in you. You're just not there yet. Or you're just not living as you could be. Like, you could be so powerful. Like, I heard that a lot growing up, mm-hmm. and I would just be like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But, <laughs> but I would say it's it's so beneficial to be yourself because, like, like, who else can you be? Like, you can only sustain being somebody else for so long before it kind of, like, takes a toll and you don't know who you are. So I wouldn't want to do the disservice to myself to pretend to be anything other than who I can authentically be. I love it. I, uh, cause, okay. The, the thing that I, I think was, is nice about your path into the acting world is you weren't trying to be an actor. No. <laughs> and it, and it kind of came to you in this roundabout way. And that, and it came to you after you have this good grasp of who you are and all that kind of stuff versus a traditional actor moving to Los Angeles doesn't know who they are and they're looking to fit into whatever peg will get them cast and like i'll be whoever you need me to be and there's this wide net of like there's almost like a uh, a disconnection in the brain i'm a i mean i'm not i don't know i'm not an actor so i'm making an assumption here but there's a disconnect (laughs) there's a disconnection (laughs) there's a disconnection you make because i don't want to attach myself to who i am because i want to be as chameleon like as possible um, but I think the more, the more healthy approach is the, I like the, 
who are you and we'll we'll bring you on because we like you as you and then you're a good enough actor where you can you can kind of verge off that in different ways and obviously be dramatic and ways you probably aren't are in reality or you would love to be in reality but you don't get yeah. the chance to um, no but that's awesome that's I don't know how how did you because okay I feel like it's a common question it's, oh my gosh how did you find yourself how did you know this was who you are mm -hmm. how because people spend their lives looking for themselves and they can never land on the land on it but you seem very confident in, in yourself and finding out who you are at least the current version of you we're all growing but how what's your answer to that question how do you take that I would say it kind of goes back to growing up in the desert and having so much time to explore who I was that I was able to develop me in a sense where I'm like this is who I want to be this is who I want to express I may not be able to express it in my household or have the safe space to be able to express it outside right now but if I can express it with myself and like build up on it I'll like I'm going through like that little like ogre phase like they're like people are like this is rough to where I've been through that mm -hmm. so when I express it they're like whoa where has that been hiding and I'm like always been here love mm -hmm. so, yeah. I would say um, the journey to become myself was definitely not a road that I was just like happened overnight no, it was sure. like a journey and there are so many aspects that definitely contributed to me getting here so many different people put fuel in the tank and i'm just so happy to be here so if if, if one asks you the question of like tyrus any advice for like i'm lost how can i get on the path to becoming myself like what do you what do you tell that person i feel like this is a moment where i like pull out my book <laughs> and i'm like self-help <laughs> and like how to find who you are <laughs> you know like in 1999 I'm like yeah. i answered that on page 26 actually <laughs> yeah exactly there we go but honestly i think i would say like explore who you are when like no one is watching like i've said this like in the past like to my friends like my friends have documented me saying this and now mm -hmm. i feel like a broken record but it's like Literally just explore who you are and no one is watching. If you can be authentic, the person who you are in close settings, the way you are to other people, you know you're being authentic. Like I make jokes and like laugh with myself, like in my room and I know no one hears me, mm -hmm. but I'm like, I'm hilarious and that's all that matters. Or, and then I'll also be in conversation and I'll laugh at my own jokes and I'm like, I'm hilarious and that's all that matters. So it's like, I think it's really important to just explore who you are in whatever setting and also explore what makes you happy like if literally staring at paint at four years old makes you happy do that there's probably a community of paint watchers on facebook that you can find like mm -hmm. there's there's always going to be a community of people who have already been already living authentically that you can join I think what happens is that people are like, I'm alone in this feeling, no one else is like me. But history repeats itself, life repeats itself, and there's probably somebody like you, and you two haven't found each other, or you, the group of people, mm -hmm. haven't found each other. So I think it's beneficial to explore that so that you're prepared to meet those people. Yeah. I think that's all great advice. 
And you, you mentioned that you, you sound like a broken record, and I, 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 I get the feeling. Because um, you, I'll just shout out the, what is it, Rad, the Rad Mag. Yeah, my friend, Una. Una, Una, Lulu, claiming your space and the comfortability in the interview with Internet Sensation. I don't know, actually, but I'm not a sensation. Um, so, yeah, you kind of you talk about it in this article a bit. I think you even, there's a quote you just said now yeah, that is in Because I say it a lot, because I get asked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's, that's like the biggest question a lot of people have is how do I find myself and like what did you do? Like it's, it's a good question to ask is asking people, that have seemed to have found themselves like, all right, let's get your story and let's get yours and then hopefully you can get your own melting pot and find find your own thing. The only thing I'd put on top of that to, I guess, preface is you kind of mentioned it too within your own story, but like it's not a process you can really rush and you don't know when the answer is going to come. It's just like explore and and listen to yourself and, and... eventually you'll land yeah and the just, that's the a day. scary part though too. you know it's scary it's scary at the end of the day you're like i would say the best metaphor is like you're panning for gold mm-hmm. so you're like this <laughs> i know have you panned for gold before i haven't <laughs> what i mean yeah we got someone yeah. dm me take me panning for gold <laughs> yeah so like, we're in california so you know, yeah yeah I Sorry, say, the metaphor go on. <laughs> I'd say the metaphor is just basically that, like, it's you searching for something that you know is there, and you will find mm-hmm. it eventually. And it could take months, years, few days, few seconds. It could literally just take you just one day being like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm done behaving a certain way. I'm done acting like I'm this person toward people, mm-hmm. and just like choosing to never live that way. I could see that. So yeah, because I'm sure there's scenarios in which which I just started watching uh, Westworld <laughs> on what? HBO. What? And uh, there's a quote in there because Westworld. I don't know if you're familiar with the premise at all, but it's like three seasons in. Regardless, it's a future society, and there's like a theme park, pretty much of like all the old West, and rich people can go and spend money to go spend time in this this world. And they they have like AI robots and stuff around there that kind of play the char- like characters at the park and you get to interact with them and do storylines, go on adventures and have some fun. But they're trying to incorporate new new narratives into this world, and the big boss says he doesn't like the new narrative that was that was presented, and he was like, "You're not offering anything new. People aren't." here to find out who they are they already know who they are they're they want the experience of seeing who they could become like Mm. other people they could be and i'm like so when you're saying that i'm like i feel like a lot of people do know who they are they're just an avoidance and accepting it or something along the lines of the shame or the fear or all those kinds of things that I think it also takes into account of like how I felt growing up is like I didn't have anybody to look up to so I can just like make it I guess I was like okay I can create myself into somebody I can look up to or just find strength in what my strengths are so I think it's really what plays a part into people being like I have to be this way or maybe I'm this way 
is the media telling people how they are or how they act and like just be and exist like if you also think about the fact that like now people are like boys wear blue girls wear like pink Mm -hmm. it wasn't always like that it's always been the media trying to like tell you which way to go based on the beliefs of one specific group and not necessarily the community mm-hmm. at large. So, you know, it's a lot of Muslim. <laughs> I'd be thinking about this in my room. No, for sure. I mean, that's, yeah, it's the, it's the pursuit of happiness. And um, it's like, oh, you didn't know this product you didn't know this product existed until you just saw this ad. Why do you even want it? And it's like, oh, how do you wait? How do you know this product's gonna make you happy? It's like, well, I saw it on TV in the commercial. They look really happy. Like yeah. I want that. And it's like, is that is that uh, who's making up these rules? I know. And then it becomes a normality, so you right. can't imagine a world before it, like with phones. So you're like, what? Don't you? Yeah. Scary. I know. All right, those are all, I don't know. Okay. It's a tough thing to combat, though. But I guess that's the whole thing is knowing that it exists is a helpful it's a helpful place to, to yeah. be. So when you do see something, you're like, oh, my gosh, I like it. You can actually dissect. Wait, why do I like it? What is yeah. it about this? Do I really like it? Is it just the snazzy editing? Was it mm-hmm. the actor that was wearing it? Like, all that kind of stuff is weird. Yeah, it goes back to that self-exploration. Like, explore it, discover, pan for gold, yeah. my commercial, Yeah, <laughs> buy my book. <laughs> when's, the, when's the book coming? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like it's almost, you just got to put it on paper at this point. Mm. So, I'll jump into this last bit. I don't really have anything new, but I wanted to ask about... Uh, the classic question of like what's what's uh what, what are you excited about in 2021 what's um because i think about it being because we're both in la both excited about potential in film life and all that kind of stuff and seeing what's going to happen because since since the lockdown and whatnot the film industry hasn't quite come back yet it's yeah. kind of limping back in and we'll see where it goes but um how how are you? I feel like there's a lot of potential in the year, but what's what's your what's your take on? I don't know. I think what are you looking forward to? I'm excited. I'm excited to see summertime come out, to see people's reaction to it, and mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> and I guess I'm just excited to just put more of myself out because I think I've lived so much of where I can describe this. So like I spent most of my life like being to myself. And then, like, when I started to be myself in the outside, I was still, like, to myself. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, to myself, but then around people (laughs) who liked who I was. And now I get to be myself around people, but then actively try to put myself out there more. Okay. Because before I wasn't really, people were just like, I like you. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, come along. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to put myself out there. People reach out to me. That's cool. They don't. That's also cool. If they do and it's weird, that's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, if they do and it's weird. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm excited for what 2021 has to offer, what all the years in the future has to offer, 
however long I'm here, you know. <laughs> however long you're here, you never know. As in LA or on this on this earth, both in LA. If the if the universe or just the motions of living takes me to a different city, then I'm excited for what that has to bring. Okay, see. So it sounds like you've got a, a nice progression going here, a nice consistent growth pattern. To put in a weird, weird way there, but yeah. I, I like I like the way that sounds. Instead of going from zero to sixty, it's like a nice, a nice cruise. Yeah, I don't want to put like too much expectation on anything. Like I'm gonna be like, this year is gonna be the best. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get this and blah blah blah. I'm like, it could be the most silent year ever, but at least I didn't build myself up that way. At least I was just like enjoying whatever the year brought. Rather, that was more time mm -hmm. for me to explore myself, like last year, or like more time for me to learn how to cook, like, you know? Sure. <laughs> so, like, whatever it brings. Okay. I'm excited for it. That's great. What are you excited for? What am I excited <laughs> for? Wait, what? So the thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a similar... Because I, I like the viewpoint of... Um, happiness and feeling feeling good about the current situation is a lot easier when there's less expectation on mm -hmm. on on yourself and yet it's hard to grow without having expectation on yourself it's like wait how am i gonna anyway, all right so anyway you have you okay to, to relate to you you have a you have the movie coming out summertime i don't know when it's coming out can you say it really quick? You this know, summer. <laughs> have a specific date. All right, mine. I haven't announced specifically when mine's coming out either yet, but it's in, it's soon. So I'm excited about my first feature coming out. That's very cool. Uh, I have some stuff cooking on a movie that I can start developing to maybe shoot next year. I have an also one that I can do like a a nice a nice super quickie low super low budget indie that i can maybe squeeze in in a couple weeks this this year so i'm like just you know as we do we just throw a bunch of stuff up in the air yeah. or i like to i like to call it like planting seeds like you just mm. put them all down and then uh you you know you water them and we'll see which ones grow up yes plant metaphor <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah green yeah <laughs> um so yeah movie coming out a couple movies in the works um and then um yeah i'm just really hoping the film industry gets back going and i can get back to more freelance work and that's that's where i love to be is on set and mm. collaborating and and having fun with cool people and, and whatnot and that's what life is uh life is about for me creating and and making and and having fun so just Hoping, yeah, everything keeps keeps moving upward, and uh, yeah. I think it, it still have high hopes. It's uh, February; it's still early. Lots of lots of time. Who knows where we'll be at the end of the year? I mean, the car can only drive at this point. It's kind of parked in the garage, so I feel like even if it doesn't drive, at least we can roll it out <laughs> of the garage okay. down the hill. And push it to the gas station. <laughs> you can. There's some progress made there. Still. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So I, I did ask about. Uh, we can either do this 
on in to end the podcast or we can save it for the reel but i did ask about if you wanted to do a if you wanted to perform a piece we could end we could end on that mm-hmm. i think it's about that time i don't know what piece do you think what do i think <laughs> I, I wanted to leave it up to you you have a better opinion because i don't want to have you overperform and, and kill kill a darling but mm. um that's a nice title. Kill the darling. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> please, please. But before we jump into that, actually, let's, what, where can people find you and how, how do people keep in touch with uh, Tyrus Winter? You can find me on my walks to Trader Joe's. <laughs> this address. Pull up <laughs> and take my groceries. Um, no, you can't. Don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, anyway. Those are expensive. They're very expensive. I mean, help me carry it, you know? Well, that's better. Yeah. That'd be nice. But it's up to, I, I don't want to judge people in thievery, you know? But anyway, so my Instagram is at Winter Issues. It's the same on all platforms, kind mm. of. I'm not on Twitter. You mentioned you know, TikTok. I do TikTok. You can check out my TikTok, <laughs> even though I'm kind of embarrassed by it, but it's, it's cute. Sure, sure. Yeah. And that's, a, that's the same handle? Yeah, same handle, same everything. You can literally just search up my name and stuff will come up. Great. Do you have any plans on putting more up on your YouTube or are you transitioned all the way to TikTok instead? I've been thinking about using my YouTube more frequently, but I'm debating if I want to do poems. Or if I want to do just like, you know, that little vlog setting, like I'm creating like a fashion piece or something mm-hmm. or something. I'm like, I don't know. I think I want to do a mix of both because my personality isn't just one thing. Sure. And I think it would just be a disservice to be like, I'm a professional poetry account. That is all. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, like I want to. It's diverse. Yeah. Yeah. I could be like making just art in general and just be like, here's a video. So. I'm probably going to be more consistent. My YouTube, I have like one video up. Yep, there is one video there. You have a little teaser, a little <laughs> taste. Got to give you an appetizer. Mm-hmm. But once I change the wallpaper, it is over. <laughs> I'm getting started again. Great. Cool. All right. So what are you, what are you thinking? What's, what's coming to mind on... Okay. <laughs> cool. This is titled, Make Me Your Black Queer Teen Idol by me I'm just kidding Um, play my songs on every radio station let my voice loop in your ears and the new headphones you purchased to hear the bass properly on my latest hit listen on your way to appointments while sitting in traffic while ignoring your partner remember my lyrics in the shower want so badly to see me in concert rip out my cover on Vogue at the liquor store don't purchase the magazine place it above your headboard Draw me portraits, send me letters, friend requests my private Facebook. Let me be your lock screen. Let the world love me long enough to become its sweetheart. Be the first black queer teen to win a music award in every genre. Perform at the Super Bowl. Face plastered on backpacks and cereal boxes. Have my own perfume and shoe line. Let me be loved by your no longer homophobic father. Allow my mother to call and say sorry for not accepting me earlier. Have white cis gay men apologize for ever discriminating. Watch me switch hate to love with the first track on my album. Love me in North America. Love me in South America. In Europe, 
Africa, Asia, Australia, everywhere I wasn't welcome. Love me while I'm alive, when I'm not a headline. Love me as if I'm your friend, like I'm your family. Love me like I'm your everything, but just so happen to be black and queer. Love that I'm proud to be a black queer. Make me your dark skin, afro-wearing, tongue-popping, high-heel-strutting, black, queer, teen, idol. Thank you. Thank you. We'll end it there. That was beautiful. All right. <laughs> That's it. Sorry for the weird noise after. I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. You did that plenty throughout. People are used to it. I know. All right. Bye. <laughs>